goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends, to Wednesday's Rush Hour. If you want to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We have competing stories that each deserve the top tier on the program today. For a number of hours, starting at 10 o'clock this morning and ending at 3, Merrick Garland testified before the House. Jim Jordan's committee, and uh, it was contentious at times. It was uh, laughable at other times. I'm going to put that second because closer to home, of course, we had 10 people arrested last night during the wee hours. Uh, one police officer hurt with the demonstrations that took place in Staten Island. I know they were taking place because my phone went off in the middle of the night. Curtis Lee was sent me a um uh, a video of what was going on there and Curtis thank you for that Curtis is here right now uh even as the hearings were going on this afternoon in Eagle Pass Texas for up to 4000 immigrants were just walking illegal immigrants walking right into the country that walk took hours there's no end in sight that's on top of 2100 this is a part of Texas where Joe Biden removed the wall that uh, the Trump administration had put up. There's no blocking them. There is no end in sight to the number of illegal immigrants coming into the country. It is estimated now on top of the 7 million that have come into America that another 1 million might be expected by the time the year ends. Curtis, what took place on Staten Island last night? You were there. The mayor is already saying that he's not going to let bullies and I don't know who exactly he's referring to, get in the way of the city doing its job and providing what it needs to provide for these people. What happened? Well, you know, he's talking about me, the leader of the rebels, because the lawyers do their things. They go in the court. They try to get temporary restraining orders to stop these migrant centers from operating. The politicians, they testify. We have the council leader for the Republicans, Joe Borelli, who was at the House today, testifying against this invasion and the fact that it's destroying New York City, destroying New York State. And we have a mayor who basically says, no mas, no mas, I can't do anything. And then when you rise up and you protest, First Amendment right of free speech, which we've exercised all over the city, James, and in Staten Island, he views us as political enemies. He brings out the drones. They had 300 police officers out there, that's like a military siege of an area because they were trying to sneak in 
uh, 12 illegal aliens on a bus into a senior citizen home that they had just recently emptied, emptied out of 200 seniors, many from the greatest generation, the last, a 95-year-old widow whose husband fought in World War II, and they were told, find your own place to live. We're making room for the illegal aliens. And the moment that the neighbors saw the bus coming, because they knew at any moment the bus might come, they left their homes, they surrounded the bus, they told the uh, illegals, go back to Manhattan, they'll give you hotel rooms. There's nothing to do out here, we don't want you. And then the decision was made by the commander-in-chief of the NYPD, which is Eric Adams, arrest. He called the code red, and they arrested 10 people, many of them grandmothers and mothers. I, it was unconscionable what I saw. These women were being trampled by the police, and the police were following the orders of Eric Adams, who was watching everything from two drones that were hanging overhead at Father Capadonna Boulevard. In fact, we're going to be out there tonight at 6. Uh, there's going to be the rally of all rallies, more civil disobedience. We're stopping the illegal invasion in Staten Island. This is where the battle will be decided. Curtis, I'm going to ask you a point-blank question that is being asked from the left. And I want you to answer this question. And again, this is, I am asking it not from my position, not but from your critics. Why do you hate these people? Oh, I don't hate these people. What they have to do is enter the legal way like all the other immigrants, many of whom, uh, as you know, uh, Bo, are still waiting. That means they may have come yes, in. Yes, five years. Right, five because years. Because we cannot... Look, Curtis, I, excuse me for jumping in your answer. No, no, I'm no sorry, problem. but you no just problem. triggered me. This is not a one-party problem. This is an establishment problem. We have a Congress and a White House that has sat on their hands for decades and allowed this immigration program, this immigration system in the United States to become corrupted and broken. We don't have enough judges to adjudicate the cases that are already here. We don't have enough space for the people that want to get here. We tell people to come in legally. Then we don't give them the means to come in legally. And then, as you said, people are waiting for years. And I applaud them. They are doing it the right way. They are being patient. And then, when people enter illegally... Now people get upset. We, we had another incident where one of these illegal immigrants was charged with murder, and it turns out he had been repatriated back to his, his country at least nine times. This entire system is broken. Well, James, if you look at the case up in the Bronx where the uh, children inhaled that fentanyl from oh my a, God. a drug, mo- yes. you know, all three of the operators of that were illegals from the DR. They don't mention that in the newspapers as often as they should. All three came here illegally, should have been deported, and were given an opportunity to stay and actually a hearing that would never come. Meantime, they're running a drug mill. It's like uh, New Jack City. You know, Nino Brown there, instead of running heroin, he's running fentanyl while the children are there. Insanity. Now, let me, because I raised this, I wrote an article about this, uh, and, and I asked the question when the first story first broke. I said, as uncomfortable as it is to ask, and people might be offended, the question has to be asked. 
are these people that are running this day care center here legally? And you're telling me that they are not here legally. Illegals from the DR and supposedly a surprise visit was paid by the city inspectors to see what kind of a daycare facility they were running and they were given a clean bill of health. Are you kidding? It was a drug mill. Everyone in the neighborhood said drogas, drogas. That means they know that that's where drugs were being dealt from. You mean to tell me you can't go in there and know that they were cutting up fentanyl? You can't see the equipment. You can't see all the paraphernalia that eventually was taken out when the arrests were made. So the city has failed in its fiduciary responsibility, and they won't let ICE do their job. ICE knows who all these people are. ICE will give a detainer. They'll take them into custody. They'll house them in a federal jail and then deport them back to their country of origin. Because we are a sanctuary city and name only in a sanctuary state, uh, our elected officials call ICE thugs and allow drug dealers, sex traffickers to operate with impunity. So you have that situation happening. You have now, talk to me about these people in Staten Island. These people in Staten Island are being perceived in some quarters as again, as the way that it's always framed, the headlines, we don't want you here. It sounds so ugly. But what, are the, what is driving the motivation of the people on Staten Island to come out of their house? You mentioned one, that senior citizens, United States citizens, some cases elderly. Now, the last time that we had something like this reported, it turned out to be a hoax. But you're saying this time... For sure, that there are now senior citizens that are being displaced to give way and give shelter to people that are in the country illegally. Is that a fact? Yes, it is. 200 over time that were displaced. The final one being a woman, 95 years old, whose husband was a veteran of World War II, the greatest generation. This is a stain on our city's soul that we would evict senior citizens, veterans, and to bring in people we don't even know. We, they haven't been vetted for backgrounds, criminal records. They haven't been vaccinated. We don't know what their health is. And then slipped in under the cover of darkness, thinking the people at home, they're probably resting, getting ready for work the next day because that's a blue-collar working-class area. By the way, that was wiped out when Superstorm Sandy came, Midland Beach. It's a floodplain. And these people left the comfort of their homes to come out and say, no, You're not coming into our neighborhood. We don't know who you are. Why are you here? Stay on Manhattan. They give you everything there, which is true, James. You go to Manhattan. They're at the Milford Plaza. They're at the Paramount Hotel, the Watson Hotel. They're smoking uh, weed. They're drinking cerveza. They don't have a curfew. They're driving motorbikes, Vespas. They don't have to show registration licenses. They're living the great life. Why the hell would you want to come out to Staten Island where there's no work, nothing to do, nowhere to go, but getting yourself in trouble? And these people are protecting their neighborhood. And if you think that's ugly or anybody else, you watch how ugly it's going to get. Because the ugly person is Eric Adams, who encouraged these people to come into our city and offered them everything that black, uh, African-American, homeless, emotionally disturbed, those with drug problems and alcohol problems never get. In fact, James, if you were down on your luck, you would have to be in a shelter by 10 o'clock at night as an American. If you happen to be an illegal alien, there's no curfew. You can run the streets. You can get arrested. You tell the cops, I'm an asylum seeker. They cut you loose. 
Who wouldn't want to come to America, especially in New York City, with those conditions where you're treated better than a veteran who served us in wartime or peacetime? And they're mostly African-Americans that are getting screwed by their mayor, who happens to be an African-American. The the children that are attending schools. Now, it has been widely reported that children, not just New York City children, but children across the country where lockdowns occurred, are performing below expectations and below their grade level because of the lockdowns. Now you have people that come in that are bringing children that have legal right to come into the schools, unvaccinated, I might add. American children cannot go to school in New York, you're told, and, and people lost their jobs. Many of the nurses... And, and I feel so bad for the nurses and the doctors and the people that stood with before it was known what was really happening with COVID. These people risked their lives to help save New Yorkers. And yet Mayor Adams and the city and Governor Hochul all okay these people being fired, losing their livelihood because they refuse in some cases to get a vaccination that wasn't tested that was fast-tracked and so some of them refused for medical reasons or for religious reasons they were fired and they were told you can't come back american children are told you cannot go to the public schools that your parents pay for you to go unless you follow the rules and you get this vaccine that some people find offensive to their particular circumstance yet now we have the spectacle of people bringing children into the country illegally, and I am not, I'm not targeting these children. But these children without vaccinations are allowed to go to New York City schools where American citizens cannot go to the schools unless they're vaccinated, and no one cares. How in the world is any of this right? No, it's wrong. It's, uh, it's the most hypocritical thing imaginable, but... You're assuming, James Golden, that these children are there with their parents or with guardians. Many of these children came over on their own. And all of a sudden... Curtis, yesterday the New York Times, of all places, had a story about how these migrant children are being piped into meat. Some of the biggest countries, the New York Times mentioned Purdue and Tyson Foods, that we have migrant children working there. Yep. You have any number of people who have been worried about these migrant children being sex trafficked around the country because nobody is keeping a track of them. How is any of this? How is any of this right? Well, give you an example. I'm out working with uh, Hispanics in Corona, Elmhurst, Jackson Heights. That's an area you know well. You grew up uh, not too far away. They have open brothels now. Sex trafficking by pimps and sex traffickers who were bringing in underage women and boys selling their bodies in the open. They're not hiding behind a closed door. Out in the streets, the police do nothing, and Eric Adams has done absolutely jack diddly squat nothing. We are becoming Viceland, and you're going to see a lot of the illegal aliens are going to be uh, basically drafted, recruited, and brought in to these activities, selling weed and illegal weed shops, selling their bodies. I mean, this this is an outrage. And our mayor and our governor and our president are allowing this to happen. 
The way you change it is at the ballot box, James, because all they do is make excuses and their rationale is to ratchet up the number of Democratic voters in the future so that Republicans will never have a chance to get elected again. That's that's what this whole thing is about. Meanwhile, you have the New York City Council, while all of this is occurring, while crime is occurring in, in record numbers that are scaring tourist dollars from the city, the city has lost $1 trillion in Wall Street firms that have departed in the last two or three years. Meanwhile, you have the city council trying to figure out whether they should take down the statues of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and others because they were enslavers. This is just mind-boggling because they don't want to address the real issues that people have to deal with. And you are going to see an enormous eruption of uh, revenge that is going to take place on these elected officials who have sacrificed our city, our state, and our country. And you are going to see a change in the pendulum. And I believe this is the niche issue for Republicans, particularly in what they call sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, which are generally all blue. And by the way, James Golden, you ask any of these Democrats, where's the law that says you're a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state? There are none. It's by proclamation only. You're a sanctuary city because you want it to be, not because the law forces you to accept these people. So all these excuses, any one of these mayors, any one of these elected officials can keep them on a bus and send them to Washington, D.C. In fact, Governor Abbott, rightfully so, has said to Eric Adams, who called him monstrous by sending these illegal aliens up to New York City, a sanctuary city, he says, oh, So I'm the monster? Well, get ready. I'm going to double the number of illegal aliens that I'm going to send up to you. And all you're going to see is Eric Adams, who said he was the Biden of Brooklyn, can't even get a meeting with Biden. Can't even get a meeting with Biden. He looks down his trousers. He must have cocktail onions. He's he's lost his manhood. Curtis, thank you very much. Please keep us appraised of what is going on. You said you're going back out tonight, right? Well, there may be a series of arrests again, and this may be number 81 for me. The battle continues. The Rebels, I'm leading them on. Up the Rebels! Curtis Lewa. Today on his way to perform his second concert of the day, U.S. singer-songwriter Jim Croce was killed with five others when his chartered aircraft hit a tree taking off in Louisiana. Jim Croce, one of America's greats. The music of Jim Croce, I don't even know how to describe it. It is in a class by itself. He is an American, he was, is an American storyteller like no other. James Golden, Snurdly with you here. Most Snurdly's Rush Hour. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. I've looked around enough to know that you're the one I want to go through time with. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day in 1975, David Bowie achieved his first number one hit in the U.S. This song, co-written by the Beatles' John Lennon, legendary, brought David Bowie to the attention of millions around the world. Service Rush Hour. The phone lines are full, but if you still want to get in, 800-848-WABC when we start taking calls is the number to call. Um, and I'm going to try to take as many calls as possible. Look, I could spend an hour talking about these hearings with Merrick Garland. Here's the deal. Merrick Garland is playing games. He refuses to answer questions that are put before him under the guise. You, we all know this. This is part of the Democrat and Republican theater that goes on in Washington, D.C., I can't comment on an investigation. Let's wait for Attorney General Rice to come up with his report. Ask him. I don't know anything about it. At one point, he was asked about this special prosecutor, the prosecutor over in the Ukraine that was fired by Joe Biden. He didn't even know his name or claimed he didn't know his name. But one of the most cynical ploys that I have seen in a long time is this. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland kept testifying that uh, he, he can't talk about any individual that was brought up from the Justice Department that was either slow walking or involved in these dubious investigations of uh, of Hunter Biden or any aspect of it. And he kept saying that we, because of the rhetoric that has been leveled at the Department of Justice, which he claims is all about equal justice for everybody, he said, you know what, there are so many threats now I cannot talk about that. I'm not going to let you talk. No, I won't answer a question about an individual because it's too dangerous. It's dangerous. This man runs the FBI. They can go track down everybody that was at January 6th with SWAT teams. They can go arrest poor Roger Stone in his house with CNN and a gazillion military guys and dressed up guys in the morning. They can get anybody they want to. They're not worried about threats. They're not worried about the dangers of that. But lo and behold, if you ask them about people that are in government, that are on the government payroll, and you ask about their actions, Merrick Garland, and this is, and, and the Republicans are going with it. Oh, well, well, then let's not ask about the individual. Let's, this is bull. This is straight up BS. If people are making threats to government officials, which I do not condone, go out and arrest them. If they're an unprecedented, num- unprecedented number, then go make unprecedented arrests. You have the resources to do that. You did it with the J6 people. But to sit here and not answer questions on the basis, well, we can't answer questions on what people in the government did because it's, it's too dangerous for them. is a cheap way to obfuscate 
the oversight role that Congress has in here, and for Republicans to go along with this nonsense and not call them out on it is unconscionable. I'll tell you, there's a woman, and those of you in Indiana need to be proud of this woman, Victoria Sparks. She called Merrick Garland out and basically accused him of running an operation similar to the OKGB. She's not going to get a lot of attention. But she lit him up. And she did it saying, you know, you talk about your parents um, escaping the Holocaust and, and the regimes and that, that. She said she grew up in one of these countries. And now Americans are fearing their government. Now, any of you that saw the hearings that want to comment on the hearings, I'd love to do it. I don't know what's going to come of it. And yes, it is the top story. There, if we can get some sound bites, maybe Saturday when we have more time, we'll play some of the sound bites for it. We have an hour here. I don't want to spend the time playing sound bites on stuff that goes nowhere. Because right now, absolutely nothing is being done. This is all talk. Hearings are hearings. What happens after the hearings? Nothing. What has happened in any of these cases? What has happened with Rand Paul has courageously talked about how Dr. Fauci violated the law lying before Congress. What is happening with that? Nothing. What is happening with these people that have slow walked this investigation on Hunter Biden, nothing. What is happening on the immigration front? Where there is a dereliction of duty in protecting our borders like we have never seen in America before. Nothing. As much as I love Jim Jordan, and I do, as much as I love the work that some of these House Republicans are doing to expose this, What is actually happening as a result? Nothing. Meanwhile, we have more stories today about how the Republicans are getting fed up with those conservative hardliners because they are getting in the way of spending more money. I'm going to take a break. It is frustrating beyond belief. To see the way that Republicans have actually no real power. I have a picture my wall. WABC. Alan Curry, vocal saxophone for the Thompson Twins. Birthday today had this hit, 1984. On Boston Early's Rush Hour, WABC, coming back, 800-848-WABC is our number. Rush.
It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day in 2021, American singer and actress Sarah Dash died unexpectedly. She was 76 years old. Sarah Dash came on the music scene, part of Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells. Of course, she was with LaBelle. Sarah also worked as a singer, a session musician, and sideman for the Rolling Stones and for Keith Richards. Sarah Dash. Boy, was she beautiful, too. She was a hot heat. Patati. You know what we're going to do? We're expecting Cash Patel. And uh, he may have run into some scheduling problems. So we'll just, if we get Cash Patel, we'll jump to him. If not, we'll try to reschedule that for another day. In the meantime, I want to take some calls because people have been holding on on this immigration issue and some of the others. Let's start in Woodbridge with Tom. Tom, you're up first. Right to your point, please. Okay. Uh, yes. So I will get to the point uh, in just two seconds. But with regard to the immigration issue as a whole, we don't have a lot of time. But if you want to understand the dimensions, the cost, how many here, what they're costing taxpayers, pick up a copy of The Culture of Critique by Dr. Kevin McDonald. No, I am yeah. not going to. Please, Would you please stop doing this? Okay, so thanks me... for the call. Thank you for the call. I asked you to stop doing this before. I'm not going to do this. I can't vet these books. I get complaints sometimes from people that come in with these books that they are not what they are supposed to be. I can't vet them. So no, I'm not doing that. With all, get to your point. Not promote a book. Mario, Brooklyn, New York. You're up next. Thank you. My contention is this. All migrants of military age should be trained at American military bases, sent back to their country of origin, and fight the cartels that are suppressing them and their families, along with the help of the government of their prospective country. Instead of hanging around and, and talking. Now you raise something. Now let, let me just raise one thing here, and and you've triggered this. And and this Kurt, Curtis, and no offense, because what Curtis is doing is brave, and and what these people at Staten Island are doing are very. Look, they're trying to protect their neighborhoods. They live there. Their children play in their yards and go to school and go to church in these neighborhoods. They're trying to protect their neighborhoods. But just let me tell you something that that Democrats used to do at the turn of the 20th century. When these large immigrant groups came in, what they would do is they would send out their precinct commanders and their precinct volunteers, and they'd meet them. And they'd just give them all kind of guidance on how to adapt into the particular neighborhoods that they were going into, and they would develop ties with them. And those ties are what led to them being voters for Democrats forever, because they were treated very nicely. Now, there was also, back in those days, a lot of charities 
that were not government charities that helped people. Right now, we're just being overwhelmed by numbers. But there were different approaches to the way that illegal immigration has been. And of course, by the way, don't, don't get me wrong. There has been contention and a lot of contention in New York about illegal immigration in the 1930s. And then a lot of that contention, many of you with Italian and Irish backgrounds know exactly what I'm talking about. Because your ancestors were were dealt harshly in some quarters. So this whole immigration issue has been with us as a country for a long time, which is why it is so distressing that with all these billions of dollars we're sending overseas, with all the billions of dollars that we're spending on nonsense, like making sure people can accommodate to unscientific ideas about gender, that we cannot come up with a solution that works to contain the immigrant flow into the United States and make sure that it is lawful and orderly. And by that, one of the things that needs to happen is something that Donald Trump said, let's stop this birthright citizenship business. Let's go to Al in Huntington, New York. Al, you're up next. Hey, good. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Listen, I love your selection of music. Um, by the way, I just want to get a point and reinforce what you said about containment. And um, the, the caller prior said, he's like, why don't they stay where they uh, live and they grew up? Listen, they, they don't have a choice. I'm not for illegal immigration. I'm for legal. I'm second generation. Uh, my wife is second generation. Our families came over and they assimilated to the United States and they contributed. And they worked very hard and they paid. And most of all, it was lawful. Okay? And that's something that we, right. don't, we don't touch upon. They, they, and I mean they, both parties, and I call them Republican Democrats, both parties changed the language by asylum seeker. What asylum are you coming from? I spent 30 years in the military, and I remember being in Kosovo and Bosnia and seeing things I'd never want to see before. Again, in Iraq, and I see how they stayed there, and they fought for their countries. And when they came here, they assimilated to the United States. Now there's no assimilation. There's no learning of English. There's no learning of cultures, cross cultures. There's no contribution to the community. Okay? None of that. It's illegal. And the language, stop with changing the language. When you change the language, you change the perception of someone who's uneducated. And I know, because I grew up in the project, and I grew up in the 70s, and I grew up being scared of taking the train. Now I'm scared even more now. I remember crack getting in between the soles of your sneakers and seeing the little color of the tubes of crack. I remember the roaches were everywhere. The rats were bigger than the, than the cats. And now we're going back to that again. I don't live in the city. I live in the suburbs. And there's a reason why. Because I study. Okay? I made sure that my credit was good, which they don't teach kids about today. They don't teach kids about a dollar and about credit and about banking and finance. And I don't know where we're going with this. I, I blame uh, we, are going toward the dest- we are going toward the destruction of New York City as we know it and many blue cities. Today, a Democrat 
And Sacramento is suing Sacramento for allowing that city to become a wasteland of homelessness and despair. Folks, we are at a uh, we are at a critical moment in American history. And we have to get some of these things under control. This is unsustainable. Al, you are a welcomed voice of reason to this show anytime. Please call us back. Oh, no, thank David, you, thank you so much. David in the Bronx, you're up next. How you doing? How you doing, James? Uh, listen, I'm of uh, Latino extraction, Puerto Rican to be, exa- to be exact. I'm American. We're American, the Puerto Ricans. And what I noticed, this is a sad thing. I know, I know a lot of these uh, uh, immigrants, they come in here to work, but they're not being vetted. What Curtis and uh, anyone who's protesting against these uh, migrants coming here, they're doing the right thing. They, I have to, I'm going to be straight. They don't care about, even if you're a Latin American, they don't care about us. They don't care. They'll take your job, they'll cut your throat, and that'll be it. They don't care. That's a fact. And I'm, 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 a, I'm a Latino. I'm, a, I'm an American. I'm an American. I was born here. My parents were born here, you know, way back, you know? And they just don't care, man. That's it. That's the bottom line. I'm sorry to say, being a Latino extraction and American, Mike, they don't care. They'll cut out those. That's what I have to say. David, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Hellstrom in Freeport, New York. You're up next. Right to your point, please. Hello, Hail Freeport Signs. And you know these, uh, you know these uh, pill machines. They they have to be dust proof. Okay, they. I've rigged them. I put them in, and you have to have a fan on top, okay, and and to absorb the dust. You're See talking this? about these machines that are used with the fentanyl drug for packaging. Correct. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The very idea that these monsters would allow fentanyl in a room with infants and with toddlers and not a brain hair not a not a scintilla, not a synapsis fires in their brain that says this is a bad idea. Shows you the level of greed, shows you the level of evil that have invested in these people. And then when they discovered that this kid was not waking up, what did they do? What did they do? She got on the phone, she called apparently according to police, called the boyfriend a few times. They came in, they walked out with a lot of bags, presumably with incriminating evidence. They let this dead kid sit there, other kids stricken and wouldn't call for help until they thought they were cleaning up the evidence. New York no longer has the chair. In New York's history, in the history of this great city, there have been there have been people who met their fate with old Sparky because of far worse evil things than happened here in the Bronx. We got to check in with Lou Dobbs, James Golden on WABC. That whole case is sickening, and we learned today from Curtis that yes, they are here illegally from the DR. Be on. 
1949, the twins, Chuck and John Pinozo, bass and drums for sticks. Born on this day in 1949. Most Lonely's Rush Hour, we're coming back after we check in with Lou Dobbs. Stay with us. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You remember this, right? You know what this is. Yeah, you do. Honey, honey. Are you 1969. This one started a four-week run. At number one, the Archies. Talk about bubblegum rock. But you know what? It was awesome. It still sounds good now. Hey, Rich, did you ever play this in the disco? No, this was not our speed. We didn't really get uh, down to this. A little, uh, little too poppy. Not enough of a beat to it. You know what, Rick? Somebody should mix this with a thumping four on the floor and make it disco. Yeah, that would actually be really good. You know, I heard it yesterday would I heard somebody coming by. I heard a song. I don't know what song it was, but I was going by, and they were mixing um, a Howard Jones' uh, Howard Jones's song, New Song. Remember Howard Jones' New Song? Yeah. Somebody was, was sampling that in a rap song. I heard it last night going home. That was, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, well, you got an assignment now. All right, you know what time it is, Diego. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And let's get right to it. Rocco from New Rochelle, you're up first. Right to your point, please. James, Rocco from New geniuses, Rochelle. James, I guess the geniuses on the New York City Council will be changing the name of New York City soon because a New York City was named after James, the Duke of York, who started one of the biggest African uh, slave trading companies in history. He was the brother of King James II of England. And after the uh, British defeated the Dutch, they named, renamed it from New Amsterdam to New York after James, the Duke of York. Also, 50 years ago today, Jim Croce died in a plane crash. I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know. If we just fan. mentioned that, and we played Jim Croce's song, Time in the Bottle, up first today. That was the first song we played today as Bumper. So thank you, Rocco. Ted, Forest Hills, New York, you're up next on Rapid Phones. Right to your point. Yeah, thank you very much. Do you think the next election is the most important in the history? And please get bold. Light My Fire is the greatest rock song ever. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And we play right, Light My Fire. Many versions here in our bumper rotation. Every election becomes that because the preceding election, whatever you thought were the issues, managed to get dwarfed in the next one. Steve, Brooklyn, New York, you are up next. Right to your point. Since they're fleeing the Maduros and Ortegas of the world, why don't we take the asylum seekers and train and convert them to 
American-trained freedom fighters in their own countries with their own regiments to go and overthrow the very tyrants that they are fleeing. That was a suggestion that came up a little bit earlier, and it is a good suggestion. Luca in Brooklyn, New York, you're next. Hey, James. Um, The problem is I see with this, these presidents aren't going for pride of this country. They're going for power. I was hoping you could end the show playing a little Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American. Amen to that. Thank you. And we will get to that song, believe me, in our rotation. Uh, Susan, I-287, got to do it quick. Hi. Uh, It's my opinion that this whole thing is everybody's way of delaying actually doing something about the only thing that will help us come November 24, and that's voting in the president we want. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is by making sure that people who vote are duly registered and they have proof of residency and it's a federal thing with photos thank you susan adam my man in mineola how are you adam i can't wait this saturday so i can get some time to talk but i love you man and i'll get back to you saturday i don't mind waiting thank you adam we appreciate you and by the way on saturday we, I'm gonna, I have an article that's today at the Daily BS. All my musician friends, I'd love to hear what you have to think about it. It's called uh, Like a Rolling Stone, Music and Liberalism Collide. And it is about all this mess that has gone on with uh, the interview between David Marchese of the New York Times and Jan Winner. Took a while for me to write this one, and I pull no punches. Margie in Long Island, your next Rapid Phones. Yes, I love you. I love the music you play. I think that 18 to 30-year-olds need to know that their hard-paying tax dollars are going to illegal uh, youth, and I want to know if I can sue anybody for them using my tax dollars illegally. Thank you, and we'll have to end it there. You nailed it. We are at the end of another. Tomorrow, Andrew Giuliani with us. Friday, Cash Patel will, will join us. May God bless, protect each and every single one of you, your loved one, your families. Love and blessings for you being here and for allowing me to be here with you. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll see you then. Bye.